Peace, peace, peace. You are now tuned into episode 15.5 of No Booking Info. It's your boy, Tree. And no, no, there's no co-host. There is no co-host. My amazing, brilliant, wonderful co-host is predestined, uh, pre-pre-Andretti, uh, pre-Code DeBarge, uh, uh, pre Pre, let's, let's just go there. Pre is no longer with the no booking team. Um, she took time away to, she's taking time away to to pursue other passions in life, and which we all need to do at some point. We need to really go after what it is that we love and that we believe in. And we wish, we wish Pre nothing but the best. We wish her nothing but the best. Um, she's again. She's an amazing. She's an amazing writer. She's an amazing writer. She is a thoughtful, caring person. And I'm not gonna lie. It hurts. It hurts not to have somebody that I've that I've grown to know and that I've grown to love and, and be a part of my life as a as a friend to not share this experience with me um, when I. When I initially thought about a podcast about a year ago, I reached out to some other friends and I knew it wasn't going to be a good fit. And so I tabled it. And then once she and I reconnected again, I brought this, I brought it up to her and she was all in. She was all in and she worked hard and she was, she was diligent. And I just felt like the dynamic of our friendship, the idea that how I felt that we were just taking the conversations that we have on a daily basis and we're just putting microphones in front of us. And at times it was a grow, it was a process. It was a process of growth that was needed for not only for me, but for her. Um, and again, we learned more about each other in this space. We learned about what we, what we, you know, the, the positive attributes about each other that we like and, and also, you know, um, uh, areas of where there were issues, areas of concern with one another. But ultimately, it was to bring the people a a thoughtful podcast. Uh, there's there's many. There's two hundred fifty thousand podcasts in the world, and yes, we fall right in line with them. But we you know we felt that our friendship was was what separated us. We weren't just people just put together and you decide, oh, one day let's do a podcast. It's, no, we have this this depth, we have this understanding, we have this this uh, comedic interaction that we think the people will gravitate towards. And and people did, and you guys did. You guys did gravitate to what it is that, that we had here. Um, it wasn't without its hiccups, it wasn't without our without our ups and downs, um, both on air and off air, because we won't agree. Friends don't agree all the time. But again, there has to be a, a level of respect that's there. There has to be a level of trust in one another. And and that's what we try to bring to you guys every every week. And so it was a it was a privilege, it was an honor to to work with her in this capacity for you know, the 15 episodes, even though we, I think we got like probably like one more extra one that we never aired, but it was, it was a pleasure. It was an honor uh, to work with her. And again, wish her 
nothing but the best because she brought a lot to this podcast. And so for the time being, it's just me, <laughs> right? It's just me. And so, I, you know, I try to put on my, my deep melodic voice and pretend I'm on WDAS and, and what have you. But a one-man show isn't easy. A one-man show is not easy. And it's not something that I'm looking forward to doing. Trust me. I would much rather have a co-host or co-host, multiple ones, to to bring a, another opinion in, to bring other ideas in. Because I know, trust me, I, you know, I, I see the comments. I, I hear the comments. I know that. Um, my thought process at times could be in a little eccentric, you know, and maybe that's an understatement, but I, I do recognize that. And that's why I welcome, I welcome differing opinions. I, I welcome alternative opinions that'll make me think, because if it makes me think, it makes me recognize, um, where, you know, not other people's opinions. It, it makes me recognize, um, just makes me more, more aware, you know, that helps me grow as a person. Again, as I said, with the friendship and, and just friendships in general, we want to grow. Friendship is about growth. Friendships are about honesty. Friendships are about truth. Um, and granted, we may not always want to hear the truth that we had, that our friends want to tell us, you know, and it may it may cut to the core. But in reality, we have to look at it and, and we hope based off our relationship with the person that is coming from a place of love. That is coming from a place of love. And that comes from knowing the individual. So when I get on these airwaves and I'm speaking to the people, I'm speaking, I'm speaking out of, from a place of love. <laughs> now, some granted, some people are like you, you, you off your rocker sometimes with some of the things you say. But again, it's sometimes it's the challenge. It's the challenge you. It's the challenge pre when she was the host, you know, to, to, to offer an alternative way of thinking. Because again, I'm not the only one that thinks that way. And if we can be, more uh, critical thinkers will be better off for it. And so, again, at some point in the near future, I'm, I'm hoping to have another co-host, ideally two, um, who, I'm, who I'm speaking with now. But, you know, this is, this is for the future. But in the meantime, it's, it's just me and I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you guys enjoy it. I'm hoping for, you know, both positive feedback and critical feedback. Because again, when I when I came up with this idea to have a podcast, this was near and dear to my heart because it was me wanting to connect with people about um, my area of expertise, which is wellness, but also to bring an entertainment uh, aspect to it. Because again, we aren't one-dimensional people. You know, we do laugh. We like to laugh. We like to cry. You know, we're going to be happy, sad, and mad. And so if we can experience that, and hopefully you've been able to experience that within the last 15 episodes of No Booking Info, and, and hopefully for 15 and 100 more as, as we progress. So I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into the, the in the street segment, um, that the term that pre-coined, which is, uh, again, it's, it's dope. So she's going to be, again, she made history. She made history by... By first working with me, I'm not the easiest. <laughs> trust me, trust me. We could go back to some of my former relationships, uh, and, and and they can testify to I'm not the easiest person. But the thing about me is I'm I'm very genuine. I'm genuine, and when I invest in you, when I invest in in who you are, um, then you have no. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a staunch supporter of yours. 
and I will continue to be. And so again, you know, we're going to get into any streets. So let's see. So any streets. So right now we have Chance the Rapper who donated a million dollars to the Chicago public school system. And at first, I, you know, I, I looked at it was like, first, I didn't know Chance the Rapper had a million dollars. Right. So I might not be the only one. But I didn't, I didn't know he had a million dollars. But I'm sure it's probably through some organizations and things like that. And he may indeed donated a million dollars of his own money. But that's neither here nor there. That doesn't matter. But the fact that he donated a million dollars was amazing. And what made it even more important was when he did his speech and he let them know that he was in contact with the governor of, the governor of Chicago who pretty much fleed him. He fleed him. When he was talking about, listen, we need more funding um, coming into the school, the, into the city of Chicago's public schools. And, you know, he was in the process of, of, of I think, vetoing a bill uh, which would have sent $350 million into the, into the Chicago public school system. And so he ignored him. And so what did Chance do? Chance said, listen, I'm going to donate a million. No, it's not $350 million, but you know what it can do? It can do something. It can do something. And so when he got up on stage and he talked about it and he called them out, see, that's the beauty of it. And I'm such a fan of that. You Listen, when you have the, the pulpit, when you have the opportunity to call somebody out, you take advantage of it. You take advantage of it, especially if it's going to benefit others. And so he, <clears throat> and so he did that. He got up there and said, listen, I, uh, Governor, I don't know the guy's name, uh, but listen, see what I'm doing. See what I'm doing. And then what happened after that, which many politicians do, it's just like, oh, they started, the, the backlash starts to come. And they don't want to look negative um, in the public eye. So what do they do? Okay, you know what? Yeah, let's start looking at how we can get the funnel of this money into the public school system. And that's when you got to give them that, that side eye. Like, that wasn't your intentions, but you know what it took? It took a, a, a young African-American male who's at the top of his game to have, to, to, to have the people mobilize in order, to, in order to get an outcome that could be beneficial for everybody, especially for the people in Chicago, where we know that the murder rate continues to grow. And where we see that what can what can get the, the murder rate down and, and, and the, the amount of violent crimes down? Education. Education is key. And so when they're going into buildings that, that haven't had a, a coat of paint since 1970, that's problematic. When they when they're receiving textbooks, first, the fact that they're receiving textbooks, when we have schools out here who are giving out iPads to their students to take home with the materials on there, that means something. When we're talking about paying teachers to teach in the school district, you know, money is their motivator for sure. Yes, they want the kids to, to learn and to, and, to, and to gain the necessary skills, but they also want to be compensated fairly. And so that's what Chance the Rapper did. That's what that million dollars signified. And I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be more proud of it. You know, because we need more people like that. So we need the Meek Mills who who donated ten thousand dollars to to Strawberry Mansion in, in twenty twelve. We need uh, twenty eleven. We need we need Will Smith who who donated um, what the what the Will Smith he donated computers I believe to to a school. 
We need Kevin Hart. Listen, 250000 is an amazing thing. We need another 250000 bro. Black Thought, we need some more money. We need some money from out you, bro. Because this is your city. This is your community. This is what made you who you are today. And so, yeah, listen, listen, this doesn't just go to the celebrities. This go to me, Phil, Tree. Listen, we need you to do more. Granted, I might not be able to give $100,000. I might not be able to give $1,000, but I can give my time. I can, I can go within the community to the other brothers out here that are doing amazing things. We can do more. We need to do more. And so we had the, you know, and this just goes off into the next topic, which was uh, International Women's Day, which was an amazing thing. I saw a lot of women wearing red. I saw a lot of unity. And, and it's needed. It's needed. We need to recognize the importance of women and, and the roles that they play. You know, I know in the movement, especially for black men, if it wasn't for the black woman, listen, a lot of us would be sitting at home. A lot of us would be in, in situations, in dire situations, if the black woman didn't put herself on the line for us. How would our homes be? And when I say homes, when I say keeping that, keeping that family together without the woman. So we need to laud our women. We need to appreciate our women. We need to respect our women. I went to a, I, I, I did a presentation at Westchester University uh, last weekend. And one of the presentations was, was entitled Respecting Women. And it was, the presenter was Tracy. It just said Tracy. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a woman talking about respecting women? Okay. And so, no, it was a man. And that's, again, we can't judge, you know, we can't judge names, especially in 2017. And so he put on a phenomenal, a phenomenal presentation about the importance of respecting women. And so my kids, my clients who I took with me, they, they sat there through that. We're talking about ninth and 10th graders who I hear them when they say the B word. I hear them when they, when they call girls now, she's a garden tool. So it was important for them to see this, to, to recognize that, you know what, as a man, as a strong man, a strong man uplifts his woman. A strong man uplifts women. And so by tearing them down, we're tearing ourselves down in the process. So I definitely laud all the women who, who participated in the, in the, in the National Women's Day. And just I just want to say, if you're straight from tree to you, I love you because I appreciate you. My mom is a woman. <laughs> right. If, listen, if it goes, listen, you could lowest common denominator. Listen, my mom is a woman. And I got love for my mom. So I, I, I definitely love you guys. So, and I definitely appreciate you because I'm sure like 98% of the people who will listen to this podcast, even though a lot of them will <laughs> tune out because, because my co-host isn't here um, any longer. But I, I hope you stay in. And also, I, you know, I want to thank her. I want to thank her because because during our in the, in the course of our dialogue in conversing with her, as well as other women I converse with, but conversing with her on this on this on this platform. I don't want to say I gained a new respect for women, 
But I, I will say I've gained a new, res- even more respect for women. And the fact that when somebody opens your eyes to something, when they open the eyes, they, your eyes to a truth about yourself, then you do find a new appreciation. And so for me, that was what am I, you know, with regards to just relationships in general, what am I running from? What am I running from? What do I need to address? Listen, a a relationship can be a a beautiful thing when the situation is right, when the situation is healthy. And so when that energy is reciprocal at a high level, not at a low level, but at a high level, it could be a beautiful thing. And so those who've tuned in for the first <laughs> the first 10 episodes, they probably not, you know, they didn't, they, they wouldn't hear me say that. They would hear me say, you know, a marriage, nah, relationship, nah. But no, listen, we deserve to be happy. We deserve to be happy and healthy. So we're going to get into the, into the next uh, topic of discussion. Ben Carson. Ben, Ben, Ben got me into some trouble this week. I call myself trying to not defend Ben's comments about slaves and immigrants, but I tried to pull out. See, I'm from the school of thought where everybody you can you can be critical of everybody, right? And so I know within the African American community, certain people you can't be critical of. You can't criticize Michael Jordan. You just can't. You can't criticize Michael Jordan at all. You cannot criticize Michael Jackson. Even though they tried, you recognize it wasn't us that was saying that Mike was those things. Because we knew Mike. We knew Mike from the beginning. We knew during his transition with, uh, with the Wiz. And then we knew post-Mike. With this, the screen Mike. But we still, we embrace Mike. We're not going to say nothing bad about it. But we said, we, we give him a little side. I'm like, Mike, everything okay? And so the third person on that list is, is Barack Hussein Obama. And so I made the mistake of going on social media and posting about comments that, that Barack made uh, two years ago now with regards to immigrants and, and slaves. And, and listen, there was a, there was some fundamental differences between the two, between Ben Carson's rant, which he's not a he's not an orator at all. Listen, he's a surgeon. Let's be clear. They put him in the, in the head of HUD and HUD is about to lose three hundred plus million dollars. Which is going to impact many people. Well, listen, he's not an orator. He's not a speaker. And so when I'm listening to Ben, I'm like, Ben, come on, Ben, that's not you. And when he made the comment about uh, uh, slaves were immigrants at the bottom of ships, it was like, oh, what? No, he didn't just say that, did he? And it was like, you replay it, like, Ben, you don't even know. Ben don't have social media, though. Let's be clear. Ben about what? Ben, ben in his 60s, at least. Ben Carson not on Twitter. He not on IG. So it's different. So when we roasted him, we put in memes talking about uh, <laughs> telling him to sink. Ben don't know what that means. Ben probably he went home to, to his wife or, or whoever. Ben, he's oblivious to what's happening. But he doubled down on it. And he gave an explanation. And see, that's the issue a lot of times. 
where, especially as a public speaker, if you misspeak, whew, that's it for you. That's it. You have to be clear and concise with anything that you say. And that's what make, makes Barack so great so great of a speaker is the fact that he he was able he is such a great orator so when he he expounded upon it he added some key words he added key words that that would make you say okay listen maybe he's not saying that slaves are immigrants even in my eyes he's saying the same exact thing he's not saying slaves are immigrants but he's saying the descendants are like immigrants so they're immigrant like right so it's like it's not manny's is miracle whip right so or, or is light mayonnaise i don't know who eats miracle whip i don't know who eats mayonnaise i just can't stand it like that's i feel like my heart starts to clog as soon as i as soon as i i see mayonnaise like it's just not a good look and the same people that eat mayonnaise eat coleslaw and so i don't know why you people exist i don't you know and you call it judgmental it is what it is people that eat mayonnaise and coleslaw, and we're gonna lump the pig feet people in, and the chitterling people. They all like one and the same. We're gonna lump all y'all in. We're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> I ain't gonna make no jokes about a band, but we need to do something. We need to do something. We need to. I don't know, but you guys need to stop because it's nasty. It's nasty. So, so yeah, so yeah, I got roasted on 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 Facebook about my comments about Barack and you know, I should be ashamed as a black man to, or to call myself a black man for for talking critically talking to being critical of, of Barack. Listen, I don't think Barack has been the savior. I don't think he I didn't expect him to be the savior of of black America. I'm I'm critical and so when I hear people who I respect like like Michael Eric Dyson, like Cornell West who who are more in tuned to politics and what's happening and I hear them being critical and they're able to to articulate it better than I then I know it's it makes it somewhat more credible and so yes I understand he was up against you know he was up against a house and a senate that where the democrats weren't the majority but I felt at, at minimum you could do more so when I hear you say Trayvon, Trayvon Martin could have been your son, yeah, he could have. He could have. He definitely could have. But I needed to hear more of that. I need to hear more of, of you, uh, at least if you can't put any legislation out with regards to, to helping, um, helping uh, uh, the black population. Now, people say, oh, he's not the president of black America. Uh, he's the president of all Americans. That's so cliche to me because in reality, he is the president of black America. He's the president of white America. He's the, the president of Asian America. He is. And so what happened is if you, everybody does, don't, they do not have the same needs. They don't. Everybody doesn't have the same needs. And so if, if you can help out other minorities, such as the, the LGBTQ um, community, by uh, by putting in hate crimes and making the, the 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 penalties greater, then I'm certain that there's things you could have done for the African American community that are affected us that affect us more that affect us at a higher rate. 
And so it's, it's still the same idea. If you can make black America better, you make all of America better. If you can make Asian America better, you make all of America better. And so I'll continue to be critical of, of his eight years, of his tenure. That doesn't take away the fact that he appeared to be a great father, that he appeared to be a great husband, that he was a great orator. And that I would say that I would strive to, I don't want to say, to strive to, to, uh, to be like him in what he's achieved. But again, as the man, I don't know him as the man outside of what's given to me in, in, in a few minute intervals or if he, if he has a long press conference for an hour. So, yeah, so Ben Carson, ben, I, we don't have a donkey of the day here. We, we just need a, you get a child, please. Child, please. You know what I mean? Hit it with the Chad Johnson. Child, please. Come on, bro. Come on, come back home. He gone. Now, Ben Carson is gone. The Ben Carson that people dress up as in Black History Month, that's not the same Ben Carson. And why? Y'all see him get out. Y'all know what happened. He done turned. You know what I mean? Now sank. That's it. That was it for Ben. And so he's gone. So, um, so what else has been happening out in today's society? Uh, and this also got some backlash. So Disney aired their first gay kiss. Ooh. Ooh. We see people with that that with the same same organs kissing. Ooh. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get the outrage. I don't I don't get people people just people love to be outraged. And that's what it is. We recognize that about, about America. We see that with the news. We see that with social media. Every day, somebody is outraged about something. Every day, somebody's outraged about something. And so, yeah, some of it has, has validity, validity. It does. But some of it is just nonsense. Okay? And usually, it's the adults. It's the, the adults that make something bigger than it is. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want my kid to see that. Listen, if your kid's going to be gay, your kid's going to be gay. Like, come on. It doesn't matter if, if you see Mickey, Mickey kissing Mickey, Mickey kissing Minnie. It doesn't matter. Oh, you, you're not. Oh, I, I get what it is. You're not prepared to have that conversation. So to say, hey, dad, hey, mom, why, why the two men kissing? Oh, they love each other. Oh, 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 because we can't see that. We can't say, oh, they love each other. They care about each other. They're in a relationship together. Just like mommy and daddy loved, loved each other. Those two people, they love each other. Those two guys right there, they love each other. They care about each other. They want to make sure that, that one another is happy. You see, you see those two women right there kissing? Yeah, they're in love with each other. They love each other. They care about each other. They don't want to see harm to come to one another. So just like mommy and daddy loved you, they love, I mean, just like mommy and daddy loved each other. And yes, our love had you. 
And their love can have kids too. Yeah, but, but what it is, is see, we get caught up in, in our, as adults, we get caught up in our own nonsense. In this case, our own homophobia, our own fears. They say, well, what about your daughter? You want your daughter seeing that? Uh, I mean, if she says, she says, she don't really watch that show, but, you know, I'm sure if she watched Jesse, if she watched Jesse and, and, and two guys kiss on Jesse and she say, uh, dad, what just happened? What's that? What's going on right there? I better be ready. I better be ready to have that conversation. That is, you know what? That's what they love each other. They care about each other. They like each other. And so when you get older, Kaylin, when you get older, you'll know who you want to kiss. You'll have an idea. And whoever you want to kiss is okay with that. It's okay with me. Because why? Because I want you to be happy and I want you to be healthy. Now, I'm not going to be okay if they bring you harm. I'm not going to be okay if they abuse you. I want you to be able to make smart decisions. I want you to make healthy decisions. I want you to be able to make the best decisions for you. And see, that's all we can ask for people in life. I can I can let Kayla know. Listen, I'm disappointed in you if you make a decision that that's not in, that doesn't appear to be in your best interest, or if you appear to be making the same mistake over again. But ultimately, that's what that's out of love. That's out of love. Me saying that. And it's like, listen, I recognize it's not me trying to, she doesn't live for my approval. She, 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 she lives for my love, for my honesty. But I want her to make healthy decisions. And so if she needs to make the same, the same decision over and over again to learn the lesson from it. Then that's what she has to do. And so in this case, no matter who she is, whether it's a it's a it's a boy, it's a girl, it, whatever happens, happens. But I'm confident in my abilities as a parent. To know that I'm going to be there regardless from mistake one. To mistake 25, even if it's the same mistake over and over again. Hopefully we learn from. it. Hopefully we're better for it. So. Um, and so, yeah, so I, again, as you can see, I have no issue with that. Just like I had no issue with, I had no issue with Sierra. I had no issue with that picture with her and Russell Wilson. Um, it, you know, to, to some people it was, it was a little much. And so you can, I believe it's still up on my, on my Instagram, Phil underscore quantify where she's, she's topless um, she has underwear on. Little Future is, is she's hugging Little Future, and Russell Wilson is kneeling behind. He's behind her with his, I'm assuming, his head on her on her back, and he's uh, he's hugging her pregnant belly. And so I had no issue with that. And I get, oh, why you want to be naked around around your kid? Are you naked around your kid? And I'm like, well, yeah, I was naked around my kid for a little bit. You know, up until I got uncomfortable, 
See, what happens is a society, we're so sexualized as a, as a society where if anybody's naked, it's sex. If we see, if we see breast, if we see vagina, if we see penis, shoot, if we see a peck, if we see a little bit too much thigh, oh, that's sex right there. And it's just like, no, nah, no, nah, listen, my daughter saw, listen, I was getting dressed in the same room because, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not leaving the room. She can leave the room. She two, three, four years of age. Listen, put your clothes on. I'm putting my clothes on. We out. Now she goes, I don't have to. She doesn't have to get dressed in front of me. I don't have to get dressed in front of her. Okay, go put your clothes on. Uh, after she tell me no 10 times. But then she end up doing it. She go, then she do her own thing. But we talking about I'm dressing her. And so she's not paying me no mind. Oh, daddy, you naked. Sex. That's what that's what they say. Sex. Like, no, she's not saying that. That's us. That's adults. Again. And it, it, it's crazy how, how we grow up, how we're conditioned. We've been, we we're so conditioned to look at everything um, so critical with a critical eye. And so, yeah, you know what? She just wanted to take a picture with a two-year-old son. And the father and the father uh, and her husband, her husband, not just some random guy. Because a lot of people have said, oh, if I was future, that's a future talking about Molly's and Percocets. That's a Molly and Percocet, Molly's Percocet. I don't, I'm more concerned about that. I'm more concerned about about how uh, how damaging that could be, not only to to other people's sons and daughters, but to his son. It's like, hold that, again, do what I say, not as I do. And does that ever work? No. And so here we have Russell Wilson, who's, again, for all intents and purposes, I don't know who he is. I don't know him as a man, but he appears to be upstanding. Yet it's a lot of hurt people. And that's what I've noticed in this world. It's a lot of it's a lot of hurt people. It's a lot of hurt people who haven't dealt with the trauma um, that they've experienced throughout their lives. And now it impacts every uh, every everything that they encounter. They look at it from a traumatic lens. That's what I'm calling. Everything is looked at from a traumatic lens. When in reality, that's damaging. That's damaging because it's not. Everything isn't. Everything isn't from this this negative perspective. It's like we got to look at it from a negative perspective until something is is proven right, and good, and okay. We don't look at that. We don't look at Sierra and future, uh, Sierra and little future, and, and Russell's picture and say, "Oh my gosh, what a beautiful family." We gotta. We gotta. We gotta be critical. We got to give our feedback. We got to give our opinion. Oh, man, that's crazy. What they doing that for? Nobody said kudos to Russell for stepping up and taking care of a son that's not his. For marrying somebody who he was in love with. And now them having a, a child together. Kudos, brother. Kudos. 
we don't we don't look to we don't look to uplift one another. But you know what we do what we do look up to and what we do romanticize trauma. We romanticize trauma. We share trauma. That's how we connect. That's how we bond. We're bonding through trauma. And there's nothing healthy about that. There's nothing healthy about that. There's nothing healthy uh, for your mental health, which will ultimately end up affecting your physical health. And bonding over unresolved trauma. And so that's why a lot of a lot of relationships don't work. And when I say relationships, I'm talking about our interpersonal relationships. Our ones with a with a, a significant other. They don't work because we're bringing in this trauma from our past. Into the present situation and we're hurting. Listen, I've been I've, I've been a victim of it and I've victimized others. By not dealing with unresolved trauma. And so taking the steps to do that, we're talking about going to therapy. We're talking about first identifying the issue. We need to recognize that there's a problem here. We need to recognize that there's a pattern here, that there's something here that's not healthy. I see so many, I see, and, I, and it's not about, you know, to, to women, but I see so many women just just posting about love and wanting love and wanting love. And then they get love and they post a picture of the guy and then he's gone after two days. And it's like, oh, I still want love. And it's just like, oh, what are you doing to deal with the trauma that you've experienced? What are you doing to deal with the, the negative situations that you've had, the, the bad relationships? How are you improving how are you improving? See, what happens is we become, and, and I posted about this um, yesterday on, on, my, on my social media accounts, about nostalgia. About nostalgia. That's the reason why we go back to people. We go back to people because we, we have, the, first we have this feeling of, of they know us, they understand us. Then we have these experiences that we have with people where they're, they're amazing experiences and that's all we remember. We don't remember the hurt. Even though the hurt was what happened more often and was more painful. And so we, we're, we're dealing with, we're, we're dealing with the, these, these issues related to nostalgia that impacts our relationships, the trauma that impacts our relationships. Talking about our friendships. In our friendships, we have this expectation. We have this expectation that, that people are, are, are going to, to respond um, like we want them to. How, how we feel that they should. And that's based off our historical experiences. And, and when that doesn't happen, we, you know, we become mad at, we become mad at our friends. We become mad at our loved ones. 
when in reality we need to deal with the issue at hand. What's happening? What's happening in these situations? We could get to the communicative aspect of it maybe later. Maybe we can address how, listen, when you came at me this way, it made me feel this way. But if you're if you're still trying to deal with trauma and you're coupling that on top, that's just an unhealthy situation for the both of you. And so and so it impacts us. And yes, it impacts certain cultures more than others. When you have statistics out there that, you know, where, you know, for for diagnosis such as PTSD where African-Americans are more or more likely to be victims of a violent crime than any other ethnicity. When we have that, when we have statistics that show what the unemployment rate is, what the rate of poverty is, when we see what's happening to people that look like us on television, It's higher. You know, it's higher and it impacts, it impacts us. It impacts, uh, it impacts us differently. Thus, we have to respond differently. So, and, and, and we have so much historical trauma to where we start off at a competitive disadvantage. It's like playing basketball where, you know, you get spotted 10 points. But instead of getting spotted 10 points, you get spotted negative 10. And then minorities are forced to, to, to build themselves up to just to get back to zero. And then it's like, all right, by the time you get back to zero, you're tired. You're hurting. You've experienced more trauma on the come up. And so that's why it's, it's, so, it's so healthy um, to, it's so, it's so important to, to utilize healthy, healthy measures such as self-care to deal with the trauma, to deal with, your, with what you're experiencing, to deal with the hurt. So then when it trickles down, it doesn't have to trickle down into your relationships. And so when we're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and we still posting on the gram, I promise you, I'm not trying to be 65 on the gram talking about uh, uh, where bay. Man, if you don't go sit down, if you don't go sit down talking about 65, where Bay at? At this point, that ain't on nobody else. That ain't on nobody else but me. Because I, I didn't level up enough. I didn't, I didn't cope with the trauma. I didn't cope with previous experiences to put myself in a position to where I'm even emotionally ready to deal with somebody. And so listen, I, I have no problem with being vulnerable and being transparent. That's the process where I am in. That's where I'm at now. I'm in a position where I need to 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 better myself. I need to learn more about self and to be more complete. Before I'm able to step out again and say Listen, world, here I am. 
Now, am I going to find her on Tinder, Soul Swipe? What else am I on? OK, Cupid, uh, <laughs> POF? I don't know. But I know I need to be ready. I need to be ready. I need to level up. I was telling my client today, I said, I said, how do you love yourself? He's not doing too well in school. And I'm saying, listen, I, I, it makes me question, do you love yourself? Because if you love yourself, you want to do everything that you can to improve, to level up, to be better. So for him, it's like, listen, you got a couple F's. How, you can't sit here and tell me you love yourself. If you're not getting information to feed yourself to be smarter. So, so as you get older, you're, you're more aware and you're able to critically think. But I'm like, listen, you, you, what do you do to love yourself? You're like, I've never been asked that question before. Do, what, do you eat every day? Uh, yeah, multiple times a day? Yeah, why? Because I don't want to be hungry. Yeah, why? Because you, you love your body enough. You love your mind enough to know that if you put it in a state of, of, of hunger, of deprivation, that you're not going to be the best you. You try to get sleep every night, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if you if sleep def deprivation can cause issues for you, so you love yourself enough for that. You're like, yeah, I do. And so it's the same thing here. We got to love ourselves more. We got to love ourselves past the trauma. And if we can love ourselves past the trauma, if we can be open, if we can be open to dealing with it, to dealing with the experiences that have hurt us, no matter what it is, no matter if it's a relationship, no matter if it's just you. That's why I'm a staunch advocate for therapy. Listen, man, time doesn't heal wounds. I don't believe that. It scabs them up. Time scabs up the wounds. You know, when I broke up with when I broke up with Micah and when I was 16 years old, I was hurting. I had the Carl Thomas on. The no question. Y'all know about no question. Y'all, y'all might be a little too young for that, some of the audience. Uh, but look up no question. You know, dope singing group. But time didn't heal that. Time just put a little scab over it. it just left. I just, yeah, I just learned how to deal with it. You know, but when it's when it's really issues of of national security, when it's, it's top flight, when it's real issues, time not going to heal that. I'm talking about when we when we you know we we leave and we go back to relationships and we leave and go back. I know I've done it. Time didn't heal those, didn't heal with the, the, the months we spent apart. Came back and doing the same old thing. No, no, everybody is different. Yes, everybody is different. But you want to increase the likelihood of success? Because that's what it's about. It's about it's about success. We can't go back spinning the same spinning the wheel the same way. So if we talk about success, we talk about listen, we're talking about couples therapy. For, for the couples that's going through it, but still have a desire to be together. We're talking about individual therapy. Yeah, the couple is cool, but you need you got your own issues you need to work through. 
We talk about identifying a self-care regimen. What can you do on a daily basis to make sure that you cool? I was having a conversation with a brother. He told me, and I didn't, I didn't know this. Uh, no, no, no. I was actually listening to Michael Eric Dyson. They said when, when Martin Luther King died in his, in his 30s, he had the heart of a 60-plus-year-old. Because he wasn't taking care of himself. He was doing so much for others. And so self-care is, is so important. It's so important. It shouldn't be neglected. And you could go back to previous episodes where we had Dr. Amber Thornton on. And you could go on her website and you could, and she still has the 21-day challenge up. I think I'm going to run it back. That'll help me uh, recognize what I need to do for my health and wellness. So I can be better. That's the thing. We're about, we about being better. We're about being better. Right? So, listen, this was, this was cool, man. This, this was cool. It wasn't as hard. <laughs> listen, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as hard as it was going to be. Listen, it's always great to bounce ideas off, off a co-host, especially if you have a co-host who's intelligent, who's decent. But we're here. We're here. And we're about progression. We're about progression. Because we want to win. Like Eric Thomas said, what did he say? He said, This he said, This is your dream. You know, this is this is your dream. And this is my dream. My dream was to have a podcast so I can uh so I can speak to the world. I might have one listener. It might be my mom. And my mom, the last time she was on the air with me and Pre, she said she ain't even know how to get on it. So maybe. You know, maybe it might just be me listening. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. But, you know, I definitely appreciate you. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll have some co-hosts. And again, we have that in the works. But if not, it's still it's just going to be just me. And I'm still going to keep talking the real. And relating the entertainment to health and wellness. And so, again, take care of yourself. Catch me on Instagram at P-H-I-L underscore Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. You can also catch us, catch us, you can catch me on, on Instagram, the no booking page, no booking info page, that's no underscore booking underscore info. And you can also hit the email, no booking info 16 at gmail.com. Listen, man, it's been a pleasure. I, I wish you I wish you nothing but the best, man. Peace and love. Peace.